This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. I'm talking about something fun and cool like motorsports. Okay. You look like we're about to sell insurance. We're trying to sell these people on this race. We're selling. We're not selling insurance. We're selling cool races. But I look like a damn nice insurance man. The Motorsports Hour starts now. Here's what's fun about this show. They had no idea that they were being recorded. That is an actual conversation that took place. As you can see, so the dilemma was, should Parker tuck in his shirt or not? They uh, made me tuck yes. in. Yes. We won. Yes. We overruled the decision. This may be Parker's home, but we now own this. This could be a theme throughout the show. Yeah, do not adjust your television. You are still in the Motorsports Hour. Nothing changes for you, but we have moved, well, back to our original home, NBC Sports Main Studios in Connecticut. Yeah, AJ, that means Parker Kligerman is in his home state. I didn't realize he had that kind of poll, even though we could get him to... I brought it back. I just don't have the poll to keep Very short. small. Yeah. Small poll, but... <laughs> We got that now. <laughs> our location may have changed, but our celebration of the Motorsports Star of the Week has not. And speaking of poll, how about a poll? Each Thursday, we bring you uh, a choice. You choose the Motorsports Star of the Week. This week's nominees, Cole Custer from the NASCAR Xfinity Series, Adam Ciancerillo from Pro, Pro Motocross. Three in a row. Yep. And last week's IndyCar winners, you have Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon. Yeah, jumping in the pool. Yeah. Nice Head time. over to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote, and a reminder, you can vote as often as you want. Just keep hitting that refresh that, button. We'll have the final that, results later That was a fountain. On. That was a fountain. That's a fountain, I meant fountain by the way. Cool. Yeah. Pool or pond? Pool. Hey, pools wherever you want it to be. Just a body of water. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want you to sway the vote, but do you have a front runner? I'm going to go with the fountain jumper there, <laughs> Scott Dixon. I think that was a very impressive win. So can I'm you guys there. agree on anything? Never. No. Well, I will not agree on that. I'm going to say okay. Adam C. and Cirillo. That's three in a row to start the pro motocross season. Okay, again, the final results will be coming up later in the show. Now, historically speaking, we do pause today to remember the thousands of brave young men who 75 years ago today stormed a beach, not knowing if they would return. And closer to home, we are also thinking of some in our NASCAR community. Stuart Haas Racing lost employee Sean Souls, who was killed in a motorcycle accident this week. Our thoughts are with his family. The garage is also rallying around a familiar face and name Peter Jellin, who worked with Alan Kowicki in his championship season and has been with Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota for years, is battling cancer. Many this weekend in Michigan will most certainly be thinking of our friend, known in the garage affectionately as Peter Rabbit. And you can bet he will be watching the race, especially knowing drivers are looking ahead to this race with wide eyes. Beautiful day today here at Brooklyn, Michigan. High speed, high drama, and a lot on the line for a lot of drivers. Spin coming out of turn four. Mission's going to be fast. A lot of bumping. Oh, trouble. Martin Truex Jr. gets tagged. A lot of pushing and shoving, trying to get to where you need to be. Oh, contact, contact. Hold on, hold on. 
the new era package is going to play a huge role. Guys are going to be on the gas a lot in really close groups, and I think the race is going to be closer than ever. You have to be so aware of where all the cars are around you, and trying to make passes and being smart, being patient, those are the things that are going to be probably the biggest challenge. The wide sweeping corners allow you to carry a lot of speed, carry a lot of G-forces, and you're going to feel that as a driver the whole race. Late race restarts in Michigan are always crazy. But with this package, I think they're going to be ramped up to another level. Overtime restart, probably four or five wide. Having a chance to represent an automobile manufacturer that's from Detroit is surely a pleasure and honor. When you think of the trophy that they give to the manufacturer that they get to bring back, they want that trophy in their building, and it's so special to be able to deliver that trophy. Okay, so you heard a lot of things mentioned there. Let's talk a little bit about speed and opportunity. What is this race going to be like? Is it true it's going to be different? I think it will be very different, and it goes back to the package. You heard Joe Logano say there, late race restarts, four or five wide. I truly believe that is on offer because you look at last year's Xfinity race, which was crazy, and with this package being wide open all the time, we know they'll be wide open qualifying. You have to think the draft is going to come into play at some point. So I think this could be a very interesting race. I've been terrible at predictions this year. We both know, We all know that. But I think for the first time, I might be onto it by saying this will be a different race than we've seen in the past in Michigan. Krista? You're not going to No, for the oh, first time, I'm going to agree with Parker. <laughs> yeah, and like we saw at Pocono last week in that sense of momentum, so especially on late race restarts, if you get up next to a car and you feel like you need to check up, you probably aren't because you know if you do check up, you're going to lose 10 to 12 spots down the front or back straightaway. So because of that, the points are so close in the playoff format where it's from about 13th to 22nd. This is a race that, whether it's like Daytona or Talladega, it could really swing the points in a lot of different ways. So for some people, it may make them smile, and for some others, it may make them very sad after Michigan. But for all of us, I really think it's going to be a fantastic race to watch. And you mentioned checking up, though. I think you just bump draft. Okay. Why would you check up? This so be let's, like, let's, be like Daytona, let's get into some names then. If it's going to be sure. like a, a super speedway race, who does that favor? Well, AJ mentioned it. So the real playoff bubble starts in 13th with Daniel Suarez, 26 points to the good, and goes all the way back if we're being a little optimistic here for Chris Buescher, who's 60 out. But, you know, with, there's a lot of races left. We saw Alex Bowman make up a huge deficit. And going into a crazy race like Michigan where there's a lot – of opportunity offer because who knows how this race is going to turn out. So I think this is this is your main battle amongst all these drivers, and it's a tight one. I mean, it's very tight when you look at Eric Jones, Kyle Larson, Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Newman, and that is a bunch of drivers who are going to be feeling that pressure as we go into the summer stretch. So I look at this group in a couple of different ways. A, a William Byron where over the last really four to five weeks, they've started to build some momentum. He's had a couple of poles. He's been quick, got a lot of stage points. So... Not Eric Jones. There we go. Yeah, Eric trying to Byron. jump in there. Yeah. So, you know, but you look at William Byron, they're gaining momentum. Eric Jones, whether it's bad luck, self-induced, they've had a lot of speed. So, you know that consistently he's going to be getting a lot of stage points. Kyle Larson, kind of the same way in the sense that he won both stages at Pocono, but his big problem, this right here, four DNF. So, they can't finish a race. Yep. But I start looking down at this, this kind of minus 32, Paul Menard, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and really look at Austin Dillon and Chris Buescher. Those are the guys where points, sure, they get on a hot streak. They could probably make up some points, but consistently they're not running inside the top 10 in stages to get a lot of points. So if it's on the borderline of do we try to just get some points or do we take a bold strategy and go win a race, 
These guys right here from 20th on back are You're probably going to have to do that. Then I can click, by the way. Well, I'm just sitting down. Well, wait. Okay, so keep it on Kyle Larson. I'm, sure. One, to make your job easier. Yes, but yes, also, thank you. I mean, Kyle Larson is sort of known as Mr. Michigan. So if the race is going to be different, is his advantage out the window? I think so, because when we look at what you did at Michigan Pass, all pass races, you kind of have to throw it out the window. Everything that made him good at Michigan makes him good at California on these two-mile racetracks. Knowing that they're going to be flat out and qualifying, that there's going to be an element of drafting, this is a completely different type of racing than what made him so good at Michigan in the past. So I think it will be different. I don't think he can take any sort of actual advantage other than just the mental advantage, which is maybe something he needs right now, which is a bit of confidence to know I've won at this racetrack. I know I can get it done here at least. Yeah, it's just it's going to be a challenge, and we keep talking about it. We think it might be like this. Nobody really knows until they get on the racetrack and get in practice. So you, you pointed out somebody, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's a guy that's very aggressive. We've seen it. He's won on the super speedways. He's got 50 stage points, which actually shocked me when I saw this because I didn't realize that he had had that many stage points, which shows me consistently they're at least have some speed. But if somebody's going to make it happen on a racetrack that's a flat-out racetrack, that's more like a super speedway, we know Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is at least going to make it exciting. Yes. He may not make it happen for a victory, but these guys right here, if one of these kind of bottom guys win a race like this, it knocks out one of these spots for these other guys. So that's what's going to make it so fun, and, and we're going to talk about it for the rest of the season going into the playoffs. If somebody steals a win, one of these guys that's right on the borderline, that's another spot gone in the playoffs. And I like that about Ricky Sanders. We're watching some of the clips from that uh, July Daytona race where he made no friends. But I think that's what's great about him, and I think that's why there's an opportunity. When you look at Roush Fenway Racing as a whole right now, with this six car being so close to the playoff cutoff, considering last year that wasn't even really running for points, having two different drivers in it. You look at Ricky Stenhouse being close enough with a race like this, this opportunity racing that he can really be aggressive and make a difference. I think there's a lot of confidence in that camp about this race and a lot of optimism because this race offers that opportunity. Let's go right below him to Austin Dillon. This is a car and a team I'm watching very closely this weekend because they have been so fast on mile and a half in qualifying and they've just found a way to really trim out those RCR cars. His teammate Daniel Hemrick has been fast in qualifying at times. So I think this race they have to be thinking very optimistically about because he's been great at super speedways. He's won the Daytona 500. They know how to build cars that have low drag, high horsepower. So I think this is a race that I, I know that they're sort of having a lot of confidence going into. And then I saw him yesterday on this show talk about to Nate Ryan how he said, you know, we could point our way through, right? We could do what Alex Bowman has done mm -hmm. in the last couple of weeks where he's had this tremendous run of races and vaulted himself firmly into the playoffs. But I know they're thinking we could actually win at Michigan, and that's what gives them a lot of confidence. And there's no doubt anybody here that gets on a hot streak over the next four to five weeks can make up a chunk of points. That's what stage racing really allows. But Austin Dillon also won the Xfinity race last year when this package was at least similar. So he just kind of strikes me that they've had speed, but whether it's just over the last like four to five weeks, I mean, they have fallen in the points. At one point, he was right around 12th to 13th, and now he's 21st. 57 points back. So Michigan is a, a key race for them that they really got to make, start making up points or really go bold and try to win this race. Yeah, opportunity weekend for some of these drivers you guys have mentioned. And speaking of Austin Dillon, each month Richard Childress Racing honors military members with Veterans Coffee. And in remembrance of D-Day, RCR had a luncheon yesterday 
for these veterans. As part of it, Austin Dillon's paint scheme was revealed for this weekend. It carries the names of over 1,400 veterans. I know we talk a lot about racing heroes. No question, these gentlemen and the gentlemen you just saw there are country's truest heroes. Coming up, we are back in our Connecticut studio. One reason, better snacks, right? Another yeah. reason, we could not fit the sim, the simulator in the overhead compartment on the flight. So Parker and AJ are gonna wage a friendly battle. There's no up. friends here. All right, yeah. gonna wage a battle. Real. Play Plus, for keeps. Did you know the infield at Michigan is deceivingly well crazy? Is that yeah, accurate? That's great. Yep. Okay, so is the action on the track. Did your favorite moment make our list of top fives? And can Graham Rahal make it back to Victory Lane at Texas? We're going to talk to the 2016 winner from the racetrack coming up. Tomorrow, enjoy your breakfast with two of the all-time greats, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. Square off in the French Open semifinals from Paris tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Eastern right here on NBCSN. So breakfast in the French Open, that means French toast, right? Oh, wow. Right? It should. It's it's it should. Time to go around the world in 60 seconds. Last night, Cup Series driver Ryan Priest in the 31 car returned to his home state of Connecticut and won a 30-lap modified feature that was at Thompson Motor Speedway Motorsports Park. Congratulations, Ryan. And last Saturday, Chase Cabry, a member of NASCAR's Drive for Diversity program, earned his first career win in the K&N Pro Series. That was at Memphis International Raceway. Very aggressive move to win that race as well. We're going all over the place because we're going to head north of the border to Ontario. Julia Landauer in the 28 car became the first woman ever to lead a lap in the NASCAR Pinty Series. Did you also know the Stanford grad was once a contestant on Survivor? back in 2013. That's awesome. But she had to eat bugs, I think that's what Oh, no. And just before we came on the air, NBCSN televised the inaugural W Series race at Hockenheim, where 20-year-old Jamie Chadwick of England became the first winner of the all-female racing series. Very Two cool. Americans compete in the W Series, Florida Shea Holbrook and Colorado Sabercook. You can follow them and the rest of the world's top female drivers all summer here on NBCSN. Round two from Belgium airs tomorrow at 4 Eastern. Got a lot going on. I mean, we're only, Definitely. what, 20 minutes in? Tw not even 20 minutes in. We talked NASCAR, but there are a lot of series racing this weekend, uh, all month long. Motocross, you've got quite a battle going on, AJ, uh, in four, the 450 class. I don't know if it's my battle as much. It's, but it's, it's about it's, to be. You it's, notice it's, I'm not my, turning yeah, to it's my battle. Parker. So no, it's, it, it's, battle. it's been a great battle. It's really between Ken Rocks and Eli mm -hmm. Tomac. They've, they've really stepped out. The way motocross racing works is the fact that they have two motos. Well, they score points in each moto, but the overall winner of that race comes from the best points total. So you look at Eli Tomac, he has four moto wins. Ken Roxon has two moto wins, but in two of those races, Eli Tomac's had kind of subpar finishes. He's fin finished fourth, finished fifth. Eli Tomac's been pretty consistent. So in the overall wins, Ken Roxon has the battle two to one over Eli Tomac. But when it comes to raw speed on a consistent basis, so far, Eli's shown a little bit more. So right now, Ken Roxon has a two-point lead over Eli Tomac. They've kind of stretched it over everybody else. And uh, I just kind of continue that battle kind of throughout the rest of the year. They got an off week this week, but they pick it back up. And it's been cool for Ken Roxon because if we've documented on this show, two horrendous injuries back-to-back -back years. So for him to now have two wins in three races, 
it's a big deal. Okay, let's go from two wheels to sports cars. IMSA racing last weekend in Detroit, another series with an off weekend, but they've got something big coming up. They do have something big coming up in sports car world. It's the biggest sports car race in the world, the 24 hours of Le Mans. And that's in France, by the way. <laughs> yes. French toast, I think, comes from there. <laughs> yeah, there you but go. But this is obviously the biggest race. I think they get almost 300,000 people to attend this race. And it's the most prestigious sports car race. And the cool thing is you have all these IMSA regulars heading over there. So you have a couple of the GT teams, obviously Corvette racing with eight Le Mans victories, one of the winningest ones over there. Chip Ganassi racing with the Fords. It's their last time doing it. You have a couple of GTE t- cars as well. And then 28 drivers from the IMSA series okay. going over to race for different teams in the 25 of Le Mans. It's kind of the mecca for sports car racing. It's an incredible event. I love this race. AJ, I've always wanted to race it. I haven't had the chance, but I do love watching this race. And it's such an awesome thing to see them blasting down that Molson Strait in the nighttime through the French countryside. Just an amazing spectacle. Just a this is my bucket list race. Yeah. Le Mans. Yeah. What always stands out is my longtime friend and, and teammate, Justin Wilson. He had raced at Monaco. He came to watch me race at Daytona. He's run the Indy 500. And I said, so what's the coolest race you ever did? He said, hands down, Le Mans. No, no question. Way. I said, seriously? He said, without a doubt. So for sure a bucket list. You know, on the IMSA side of it, Team Penske, they've won two in a row at, at uh, Mid-Ohio and Detroit. Dane Cameron, Juan Pablo Montoya have really closed that points battle on uh, Felipe Nazar and Pe- uh, Pippo Durrani in the 31-wheeling engineering racing Cadillac. Uh, their teammates, Ricky Taylor and Elio Castroneves, they're only six points back. So it's been a great battle. On the GTD side of it at Detroit, Jack Hawksworth and Richard Highstand with their Lexus have won two in a row. So uh, a little bit of break for some and not so much of a break for others. All right. Well, IndyCar uh, does not have a break because they are in Texas this weekend. Um, So that's another fast track. I mean, I know they're coming off the the street course in in, uh, Belle Isle Park, but what do you expect to see uh, from IndyCar at Texas this weekend? Insanity. I mean, this racetrack, it's, it's insane. They don't have as much pack racing anymore because they've taken a lot of the aero downforce away from the race cars. So tire wear is a big deal. Last year's race, the Penske cars really struggled on kind of blistering right front tires. So handling is still important. But as the sun goes down, the track temp cools down, that grip comes up, we start to see side-by-side racing again. And uh, these drivers, it, its uh, I hold my breath watching TV. Yeah. And it's... It's so, you go like, oh, it's an oval. It's like Indy. No, it's not. It's, it's way different than Indy. So it's, uh, it's going to be a battle out there. And uh, as I said, for 600 k I'm going to be holding my breath on TV watching it. Yeah, it's a big yeah, payoff at Texas. They have a great you know, paycheck for that. But it's also some of these individual names. Like you guys talked about when you guys were over at the touchscreen for NASCAR. Let's single out some guys. Scott Dixon. So I mean, that would he won be the last first, year, right? Yes, he's won there three times. He's coming off the momentum of, racing, of winning race number two at Detroit. And I think you know, he's truly dangerous for all the field there because he's sort of the perfect IndyCar driver, right? He's great on street courses. He's great on road courses. He's great on ovals. He's great at the Indy 500. He's the best at saving fuel. He's kind of the mark in the IndyCar series in so many ways. And when he's got momentum on his side, and if they can find a little bit more speed than they had the Indy 500 in those Chip Ganassi racing cars, then I definitely think he's most likely the man to beat in my eyes because of just what he does so well. And that is just find a way, like he did at Detroit, to get to the lead and win races. It's incredible how he does it. Five-time champ. I mean, the Iceman. It's, he made a mistake at the first Detroit race on Saturday. Yep. He actually crashed, which you very rarely see. On his own, his own mistake. His first time in it. years. Yeah, on his uh, butt goes back and wins it. So <laughs> it's, up for it. I mean, it's it's incredible. Uh, you know, I look at a guy like Simon Pashnod. He's coming off of winning Indianapolis, and we talked about it last week. You never see an Indianapolis 500 
winner, go win Detroit. And sure enough, you do all that media obligations, you come off the biggest moment of your career, you have to settle down for two events at Detroit. He struggled. Yep. Salvaged some points, but lost the points lead. He's back to third. I believe it's like 25 points back now. So uh, a guy that finished second in last year's race behind Scott Dixon. Obviously, those Chevys are really fast on the ovals. That was something that Alexander Rossi talked about. He felt like the Chevys had more horsepower than Hondas. So at Texas, will that kind of show again, or, or will that high banks and handling kind of take over mm -hmm. again? So uh, Simon's got to have a rebounding weekend, but... He does. He still won the Indy 500. I, I think he's going to be okay. I think, you know, he can take that sort of momentum from the Indy 500. Obviously, that's the last time they're on an oval, so you know they have the speed. You know, some of the things of what they've done with Texas in turns one and two have brought the handling in like they have in Indy, so I think you're going to see the Team Penske cars have a lot of speed, so that gives Simon Pagano some confidence, but he hasn't won there. So I think it's, you know, one of those things where he has to kind of prove himself on that type of oval. Can he get it done? Another driver, though, in the Team Penske camp that can get it done there, probably needs to get it done, Will Power. He's won there twice, but this has not been the best start to the season that we've seen out of him. There's definitely been some struggles at times, and I think this is a, this is a chance for him, going to a place he's been successful at before, to kind of turn that around. And I think they really need to, AJ. It's, it's kind of at the point of no return if we don't do it now. Yeah, we see here, this is Saturday, the first Detroit event. They didn't get the tire tight, so he loses the tire. Here on Sunday, they actually have a mechanical failure with the gearbox. This was great. And somehow, the, the Team Penske resolved. They fixed it, made his way back at the third, salvaged the weekend a little bit, but he has no wins. He's 84 points back, sixth in points. His teammates both have two wins. The great thing about IndyCar is the way their points are structured. If he wins, it's 50 points, plus you get bonus points for pole, quickest lap, etc. So you can extend yourself by 10 to 12 points each weekend. And Will Power, if anybody can do it, he can go on a run and pull off three, four wins in a row and get himself back in the championship. But he's got no more mulligans left. Exactly. He can't have any more bad races, and it starts here at Texas. All right, go back to Simon Pagano. I think I saw him at the Charlotte Airport on Monday. He was no longer wearing the wreath. He did finally oh, remove. Oh, he took it off. Yeah, but what? Norman was there. Norman, Norman was there. Was okay. there. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Our Thursday trivia question: Who were the two Indy 500 champions involved in a victory lane altercation following the inaugural? Don't say I it. Got, I, I know this. It. I know this. It was at the inaugural IndyCar Series race at Texas in 1997. The answer is coming up. Parker, be quiet. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. Ask Parker. And AJ, what they've been doing all day, they're going to tell you research for the show. What that means, they've been in here in the studio goofing around in the simulator. Did they yes. learn anything? We're going to find out next. And here they come. Two tires, two tires, two tires. So when we were coming on pit road, I was 100% sure two tires was the right call. Then we got about three quarters of the way down pit road, and I was just about 70% sure. And then we slid in our pit box, and I was about 50% sure. I am a mile ahead of everybody when I looked in the mirror. There's an army of people on pit road that saw the same four cats, the same radar, and they, they took four. It, it's definitely coming down now. We've gone right on by mist into the sprinkle. NASCAR has just told us the race is official. Our race-winning driver, Clint Boyer. Can you believe it? Say that again. One more race time. Race-winning driver, Clint ah! Boyer. Hey, did I make the right call? Lucky ass. Damn it! <laughs> We're going to drink a little bit tonight, by the way. Yes. 
And if that's going to happen, I know you guys are questioning it. It's going to happen tonight. That was Clint Boyer following his win at Michigan one year ago. This weekend, both the Cup and Xfinity Series race in the Irish Hills. Saturday, it's racing on four hooves instead of wheels. Coverage of the 151st Belmont Stakes begins at 2.30 Eastern on NBCSN, then continues at 4 p.m. on NBC. And cap off your Saturday night with the IndyCar Series at Texas on NBCSN at 8 Eastern. Well, Parker missed being in this studio mostly because of his friend, The Sim. I mean, if Simon Pagano ah. takes Norman everywhere, Parker would choose to take the race simulator everywhere if he could, right, Parker? Of course, and you know what we're gonna do here, Krista and AJ, I want you to, you're gonna keep track. So Michigan's gonna be crazy. We're coming to a restart here. I'm at the back. We're gonna do a competition where you see how many cars I can pass here, although I didn't get a good, really, really good start. And every car I pass is a point over the next three laps. Then you're gonna jump in later and see who gets more points. Starting at the back, so it's yeah. like your normal qualifying right. effort. That's one, two, yep. three. Oh, right. wait. he's up to Four, five points. Five. I mean, this is. Did you set these guys on easy? I, I don't know, man. They just—they're letting me go here. This uh, is just the draft. I'm using it. So, I'm losing count. So this is the problem here. Now, now, he's, now he's in the middle. Oh no! So how are these cars going to react? High down force, having to hold it wide open in the corner. We're going to see here, Parker. Split oh, in the middle. I'm splitting them. That's, he, that's a pass. He's by about 10 cars already. <laughs> he started P30. First lap done. The boys back in the shop felt me a fast race car, obviously. We had an issue in qualifying. This is this is incredible. He, he's at least by 14 cars. Here we go. Still got to run through the middle. A ton of grip with these cars. With ton. this aero pack, you can't lift. Parker, really, you don't have to lift. I mean, it's amazing. You can just keep going through. I mean, you think about when we've gone to Michigan before and had to lift and brake a little bit, and you're going so fast, and now you're just able to carry this throttle all the way through. Oh, that guy got a little loose. Yeah, yeah, right there, I kind of I kind of start to lose my breath into three usually, so it's interesting with this aero package. Are you keeping count? I mean, it, it's you went by so many. <laughs> White flag here. White flag in the air. He's, he's went by 20 cars. I mean, this he's is... inside the top 10. This may be the race of his life. <laughs> oh. He's also paid these guys off to make him look good, by I the way. Have, there was no money exchanged. Just paid. Oh, 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 that guy checked up for you. Come on now. No, I mean, hey, I'm moving over. This is good. I'm going to win this. He's going to win this to the top. To the top. Three wide on the outside. Oh, oh, oh we oh, got to no. run down the middle. No. Coming to the line. We'll see. Getting the draft. Using oh. the side draft. I got one. Push oh. me. Oh! I'm going to give him P4. Oh. P4. Well, that's a lot of points is the key, I think, that we take away from this. Yes. So you have a big amount of pressure wow. on you here. I'm going to try and not wreck as I'm trying to slow down here and, and let you in. You should get in now. Oh, I the warmed, car's wrecked now. I don't want this one. I, I warmed it up. I warmed it up for you. Come on in. Seat's going to have to move up. Michigan number five. This was 2001. Guys, walk me through it. Ricky Rudd making a big pass here on Jeff Gordon. He thinks, but then Jeff Gordon comes back around the outside. He would go on to win it. What a close battle. I like that. I love I know. those You cars. guys just get so much more excited when you do it. Okay, in 2009, so Jimmy Johnson gambled on field twice at Michigan. 
in June, his tank hits E coming to the white flag while leading Mark Martin would win. And this is a race that no one wanted to win. Obviously, Jimmy Johnson didn't <laughs> want to win it. Brick Biffle didn't want it, so Mark Martin gets it. And then Brian Vickers, Red Bull Racing, is the lucky recipient of Jimmy Johnson once again know, running same, out of fuel. That was a big year. It's a big deal for Red Bull's yeah. first win. I know. Same year, that was August. Oh. And there's Chad knowing that he probably didn't make the right calculations two times. All right, number three, this is in the Xfinity Series, 2006. What do you guys remember about this one? Yeah, Dale Jr. said, hey, Carl, get out the way. I'm coming through, <laughs> and I'm going to win this race. Carl had one problem. Nope. As, as oh. Jr. was celebrating, he wanted to take out his middle finger. Yeah, ow. Oh, oh that was close. Oh, that wow. scares me a little bit. That was that was a little weird. Then they uh, talked about it in victory lane. All right, number two, it's the Truck Series. This was 2008. Remember the name Eric Darnell? He beats Michigan native Johnny Benson. And this was an incredibly close finish. Maybe like something we'll see come this weekend in the Ooh. Cup Series. Those, car, those trucks were a little bit more similar aerodynamically. That was five one-thousandths of a second. Number one, 1991, Dale Jarrett beats Davey Allison by, oh, I mean, look at that. This was his first career victory. Yeah, I feel like... That, they went caution free in that race, right, Parker? I, you're a better historian than me. I think well, they did. I was and one years old. And then Kyle Larson won his first career event as well, and he celebrated like he should celebrate, and they partied all night, <laughs> I was told. I <laughs> wasn't invited. You weren't there, though. I wasn't invited, but I was told they partied. That was 25 years later. Okay, here are the, <laughs> you were told, here are the latest odds to win in Michigan. Kyle Busch is the favorite. His last win there was in 2011. Michigan native Brad Kozlowski, wow, he's never won a cup race on his home track. He's currently 8-1 to one to win on Sunday. Meanwhile, three-time Michigan winner Kyle Larson listed at 14 to what? Okay, so when we left you, Parker was in the simulator. Uh, is it AJ's turn? It is AJ's turn, so he has a huge task ahead of him. I had 26 <laughs> points because we have 30 drivers here, all real drivers from around the world helping us make this segment, awesome. so thank you to them. So AJ, obviously they've already, you've already paid them off. Half the guys didn't go, so <laughs> I'm way they're back gonna line here up. The They're gonna line up, they're gonna line up. Give it, give it time. All right, just checking. Oh, hey. get some cloud cover. Yeah, you got cloud cover. You might actually have a run oh, here. Yeah. Green. Oh, yeah. cold trickle. I'm dropping the hammer, coming to the green. I don't think this is legal, but I'm going to let it fly. I mean, this time. Oh, here we go. These these guys, they're, they don't know what's hitting them. That's one. Like Harry Hogg said, he's going to be wide open, coming to the green. I'm coming through here. Oh, wow. I got a run. What we got here? Six. Oh man, you got a little gap to the next pack. Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get a big draft down the back straightaway, but that's what this arrow package allows oh. for. Car side by side. I'm gonna start rolling in. I'm gonna try the bottom here. Parker tried the middle. Yep. Oh yeah. I didn't think you were clear there for a No, minute, but you I'll were. make myself clear. I'll make <laughs> here we Quick go. Clear. Got a big run on Algire. Yeah, that's or the double zero there right now. Well, I mean back to the middle. This the is brand. my sweet spot, the middle. Yeah. Let's see if he can make it work. But Parker likes the middle. I'm going to try to run the top here and see what happens. All right. See I'm going to have a lot run. to oh, we're on oh. lap 2 right now. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot of I'm going to have a lot to do here. Oh, you got got the run down the back. Oh yeah, see, see here momentum. we go. Rolling into 3. I think I'm clear. Spotter just fell asleep on me. <laughs> we don't got I'm, I don't I'm know where to go with I, this run. I paid him off. I don't too. Oh, got a oh, lift. Oh, I had a lift. Oh, oh, we're Still got the run. Here we go. White flag. I got to pass 
10 cars in you this You got lap. a little work ahead of you. Oh, they're not wrecking behind me. And they're wrecked behind There's you. a big wreck behind me. You're not going to have the help. NASCAR says stay green. Yeah. This is white flag. We're not throwing it. Yeah. This is what happens on the white flag. You don't you live. don't live. Through the middle. Oh. He's getting close. Can he oh. do it? Oh, he's got to make a hole. That's four wide. That is definitely four there wide. There we go. We're if clear. you had a spotter, you'd know that. Clear. Where do you go? Where do you go? I'm middle, going through the middle. This is going to be Here we close. go. You got how many ahead of you there? Five, six? You got to get these last two. Oh, oh. That means you got to turn somebody. Come on. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think you got it. I don't I think, not you, got, get I think it? you were a point short. I think you were a place short. <laughs> what we did learn, though, is this could be a crazy race. Basically, it's going to come down to checkers or wreckers. That's <laughs> all it is. Oh, my. The, by the way, like Parker said, the sim is live. Thank you I to all robbed. of our iRacers uh, everywhere, maybe in your town racing. Sorry if you, AJ just wrecked you. If I wrecked well. you, my bad. That's his play my bad. My Play's bad, AJ. I apologize. They're still going. Coming up, we're going to preview this weekend's IndyCar action at Texas, a place known for its high speeds and close finishes as well. The closest belongs to Graham Rahal. We're going to hear from the 2016 Texas winner when the Motorsports Hour returns. The St. Louis Blues and Boston Bruins are tied at two games apiece in the Stanley Cup Final. Who will take control in tonight's Game 5? NHL Live is next here on NBCSN, taking you up to game time at 8 Eastern over on NBC. And the NBA Finals are also going on as the Toronto Raptors currently hold a 2-1 series lead over Golden State thanks to the performance of Kawhi Leonard. Now, IndyCar driver James Hinchcliffe, a Toronto native and a big Raptors fan, would very much like to see Leonard remain with the team. I was going to offer that I'll put a picture on my helmet, he said, and offer him two free passes to any IndyCar race I'm competing in for the rest of my career if he stays put. He told NBC Sports that. Hinch then tweeted he was dead serious about his offer. Yeah, there is actually a real estate uh, No, no. But, no so I'm going to offer Steph Curry. You come golf with me. <laughs> I'll buy any time whether you win the championship or not. I just... I just want to, you know, that's, I just want to play golf with Steph Curry. Dub Nation. Uh, here we go. I don't know what he's saying, but that, in uh, numbers. that might be a bigger offer because Hinchcliffe definitely gets those passes for free. But yeah. our, there is a whole movement going on in Toronto. In fact, a real estate company offered Kawhi, I think, a penthouse uh, condo to yeah. stay put. So mm. I don't know. He might have to up the ante, Hinch. It doesn't matter. Let's yeah. go, Warriors. You know. <laughs> Get it. All right, back to back to racing somehow. I don't know what, what happened here. Our Thursday trivia question, who were the two Indy 500 champions involved in a victory lane altercation following the inaugural IndyCar Series race at Texas in 97? One is AJ Foyt and the other, R.A. Lightning. The answer is, you are correct. I'm AJ correct. Foyt. Ari Lyonback, AJ's driver, Billy Boat, finished first, but Ari went to victory lane claiming a scoring error had been made and that he was the winner. AJ didn't like that. Officials determined. You don't want to mess with AJ no, Foyt. You don't. I mean, That's no, I he fights off killer bees. Ari was right, awarded him the, the win the next day. One year later, June 6, 1998, Foyt and Boat got revenge at Texas. Reigning IndyCar champ Tony Stewart started on pole. Boat took the checkered flag. He led a race high 108 laps and made the winning pass on Greg Ray. Look at all these names we're getting in here with seven laps to go. It was a lone IndyCar win. 
of Boat's career. Real throwback. I know. Here's when and where you can catch IndyCar this weekend at Texas. It all leads up to Saturday night's race at 8 Eastern here on NBCSN. Now, Graham Rahal is looking for his second Texas win. Jan Vikas spoke with him earlier today. Well, Krista, what driver better to give us some insight into Texas Motor Speedway than Graham Rahal? He's won this race with the closest finish in Speedway history and in an IndyCar crazy fast, over 220 miles an hour. What are the sensations like behind the wheel? Well, it's changed a lot. You know, this place used to be pretty, pretty wide open, um, you know, a very bumpy place. But in recent years, I think since uh, last couple of years since they repaved it, it's been... Uh, it's different now, you know, turn one and two, I, for, for us is more of like a short oval sort of feel, but at a much higher speed. Uh, turns three and four are more big and open like a super speedway, which really hasn't changed. But, uh, you know, this place is tricky. Um, it's slippery nowadays. The tires have gotten a lot harder for us in, in recent years and the cars have less downforce. So, you know, for us, you certainly slide around quite a lot here nowadays compared to when I first started. But uh, you know, the heat also plays a role. It's very open, you get a lot of wind. I mean, this is a demanding track, probably, you know, in the top couple toughest uh, ovals that we'll go to. Now, we mentioned about the closest finish here at Texas Motor Speedway. That was the only time you led that race, just yeah. the final few feet. Is that the way you want to play? You want to hang back and then come in for the kill? Well, at that time, you needed to. I don't, at that time, I don't think you really wanted to lead. Um, you know, you could run three wide here, no problem. Today, with the asphalt, I know it's not that way. I actually spoke even to Jimmy Johnson just the other day, his good friend, and, you know, they can't, you know, in NASCAR, they can't either here anymore. So this this track has taken a different form. Since they repaved, they used the lime wash and everything else, it's not as grippy. It doesn't allow for racing, you know, in, in, in various lanes like it used to. So uh, nowadays, I think you want to be up front. You know, you'd like to lead it most of the time, be able to take off like Dixon did last year. Nice segue. You did lead this race for 27 laps until a couple from the end and brushed the wall. That was back in 2012. What did you learn from that? Obviously, you cashed in later with a win, but that was good experience. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough day. Uh, but my good friend, Jay Will, got the win. So at least, you know, a, a guy like that was right behind us. But, uh, yeah, that was a tough day, too. And that, that's more similar to today's conditions where light on down force and the, and the tires really weren't lasting, so you're sliding. But yeah, we gotta be patient here. Uh, I saw Saturday, it looks like it's gonna be 93 degrees at eight o'clock, I mean, that's crazy. So it's obviously gonna be hot and be a toasty one. All right, let's finish up, since this is NASCAR America, let's finish up with a fundraiser you have coming up, a driver fantasy camp with your dad and Clint Boyer. What's, that sounds like a pretty cool bucket list item. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Colorado State and the One Cure uh, group, it's been uh, so instrumental in, in, uh, in cancer research over the last handful of years uh, and has partnered with us, also partners with Clint Boyer and NASCAR. So we're going to get together at Autobahn Country Club up in Chicago. Uh, we're going to give some hot laps to, uh, to those who, who want to come. It's a it's $5,000 donation to, uh, to come and join us. Then we're going to have dinner, kind of a Q&A, and hang out at our car barn. Uh, but we're looking forward to Clint's funny guy, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of laughs uh, shared. But it's all to raise money for CSU and for One Cure, which is an amazing group. Awesome. Great cause. And, of course, that'll be something, Krista, you might want to keep on your bucket list. Yeah, a great cause indeed. You can see the smile Graham has talking about that, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But there was also a lot of talk, you know, when we were at Indianapolis last month about the, the potential for an IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader, it's obviously talking about the Cup Series, but it already happens, as you can see, and has for years down in Texas with the trucks and IndyCar racing. Uh, I know it's always cool uh, when you race to see kind of yep. both 
Oh, I love it. I've, I've been a part of this race weekend many times, and it's a really fun weekend because, you know, we're in the truck series, it's a NASCAR vibe, but then you walk just a little bit down the street there, basically inside the racetrack, and suddenly you're in IndyCar world. I mean, it was a really cool event, and I think, you know, it might be a template for the future. Yeah. Okay, big headlines in Texas this weekend. The Biff is back. The Biff is back. What, <laughs> what did we say? 2004 was the 2004. last time we ran a truck wow. race? Yeah. Trucks are slightly different and now. Just, so, yeah, just a little that. bit. So... As talented as Greg Biffle is, it's still going to take time to get used to it as they practice. And he ran a practice session at the first truck race there at Texas and just to get used to it. So uh, in a KBM truck, he's going to have the right trucks to go out there and win. But no matter what, it, as long as you've done it and he's done it in the past, it's yeah. going to take some laps and some time to get used to. And then you drop the green and it starts all over again trying to feel like what the trucks race are like in a pack. So he knows he's entering the fastest truck in the series. <laughs> Five wins and that with the owner there, Kyle Busch. I don't know if you've heard of him before. Uh, he okay. wins every yeah. time, basically shows yeah. up in the truck series. So he knows he's in the best equipment. I did find it funny that the Biff was kind of kind of lower expectations a little bit in some of the quotes I saw by saying, you know, hey, I've been out of it a little bit. I'm figuring these things out. I think once he gets in there, like anything else, he'll figure it out pretty quick, and he should definitely be a contender for the win. Okay, so last time he was in a truck, he said 2004, which basically yep. means everyone he's racing against was four or five years old. <laughs> yeah, he had yeah. no. At the yeah. time he was racing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ross Chastain, that's the other headline. He is doing something that basically Parker has never been done before, to so our this, knowledge. Basically, so this is really cool. Basically, you know, what has happened in the last couple of years with participation rules, we have to clarify what series we want to run for points in as a driver. And so he quit for extending points at the beginning of the year, was running with JD Motorsports, is just outside the play but then in this Nice Motorsports truck, he's been tremendous. He's had, I think, all top tens. He has the win at Kansas, but he hasn't gotten anything for that. So the team came together, realized they might have a chance at making the playoffs, and therefore he is he's declared to go to Truck Series points and now is racing the Truck Series full-time. He has to get to the top 20 points and get a win. He'll definitely get to the top 20 points. The win is the tough part. If he can replicate what he did at Kansas, though, this would be a tremendous run, and I just love this. This is like betting on yourself like we've seen other young drivers do with opportunities in one-offs or two races at a time, but basically with your season. I think this is very cool, a very cool move. It's a great move, and it's really a, a no-risk move because you don't – no disrespect to J.D. Motorsports, but he's not going to win a championship in the Xfinity Series. There's, he's got all the talent in the world. We've seen it when he jumped in the 42 car, winning the truck race. He's got all the talent in the world, but they're not going to win a championship. So why not – Go try to win a truck championship knowing that you've already won a race. Yeah, it's like he's never existed in the series when yeah. you look at the points. But you go out there, as you said, he'll probably get easily in the top 20. Goes and wins a race. Next thing you know, he's got a chance at a championship. And no matter what series it is, if you win a championship in the top three series in NASCAR, you've done something special. I like yeah. what you said. He's betting on himself, and that's going to be a fun story to watch over these Definitely. next few weeks to see what he can do. Okay, we will find out the final results for our motorsports star of the week poll. Cast your vote by going to the Twitter page, Motorsports wow. NBC. Oh, look at that. Or go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. Uh, if you don't like these numbers, make sure your voice is heard. You can vote more than once. It's a bigger lead you have the race. St. Louis Blues earned their first ever home win in a Stanley Cup final in game four, and now the series has become a best of three. The scene shifts back to Boston for game five. We'll count you down to puck drop coming up next. Game five coming up tonight, this weekend. Lots of horsepower in the stables. NASCAR Cup and Xfinity in Michigan, IndyCar in Texas. 
and the Triple Crown's longest race, the 151st Belmont Stakes. Coverage begins Saturday at 2.30 Eastern on NBCSN. All right, your final picks for your motorsports star of the week. I mean, uh, you guys think? Adam Cien Cirillo, Kim. Yes, we I don't think I had any effect. Poor Scott Dixon there, 2% vote. All right, so we haven't locked it in yet. I mean, unless there's going to be a big swing. I mean, uh, could it happen? Come on. Oh, nope, it's yeah. locked in. All right. There that, you go. That, right. that took it. That the needed a major results. push. The final results. Wow, I, I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised by that large of a Well, gap. if Scott Dixon would have made a last corner pass, yeah. maybe that would have <laughs> fixed it. I think that was a cool finish. Yeah. All right, let's All right. go ahead and turn our attention. Thanks, everyone, for voting, by the Thank way. You. Let's turn our attention to fantasy picks. And don't forget, you can sign up for Fantasy Live at NASCAR.com. Join the NBC Sports NASCAR America League. We're going to start with our cheat sheet for Michigan, courtesy of Dan Beaver at rotoworld.com slash NASCAR. William Byron is Dan's value pick. Kevin Harvick, who won last August at Michigan, his garage pick. But for the red flag, he's got Martin Truex Jr. Truex has had mixed results lately at Michigan. Dan thinks they are better, uh, better tracks to start. Martin. All right, so let's get your picks. Parker? Yeah, so I'm going to kind of make this on the fly right in front of us. So uh, I'm going to take William Byron there in that 24 because I just have a lot of confidence in Hendrick Motorsports cars. I haven't used him much. Um, I'm also going to use... Did you guys know you were picking up? <laughs> yep. 88. This okay. Is, oh, I got him. So I'm, I'm pretty okay. Hendrick heavy, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm also going to... I'm going kind of crazy. I remember, say, I, wouldn't it have been easier to start up there? It would have been, hey, yes. Okay. Just All let right. me go where my mind goes. All right, goes. I got you. I've also used a lot of our top guys too much, so I've got to use some others. Uh, I need Joe Logano in there because I know I haven't used him too much this year. That's okay. And one. I need Kevin Harvick, please. All right. Ford's always got the good horsepower. And in the garage... I you need myself. No, I know. I need myself a Joe Gibbs car, and that's going to be oh, I you were gonna Eric say Jones home race. I'll have him right okay. there. Okay. Are, are you, you just? We, we're not I'm, picking those on the not bottom. Not yet. All no. Right. All right. You start your drive. All right. We're going to go here. You know what? Why not go with uh, you know this right here? This no. That's there we, there go. we go. Got it. First time on the touchscreen. I okay. practiced a lot. Really went out on a limb. Yep. That's you know, all right. You guys are both right. Gibbs right. driver, so yeah. I like that. I do. I do like the Joey Logano pick. The okay. Fords are always fast there. Important race for Roger Penske and Ford. So we'll go with that. Gonna roll down a little bit. Uh, you know what? I, I like Kyle Larson. Let's bring some momentum back. Yep. Driver four. That's a risky one. You know. Yeah, I know. The Bowman pick is nice. I'm gonna go with Bowman. Maybe. It's not going to let me pick. Bowman, we're not picking him. Let's go up here. Let's pick Eric Jones. No, no, Bowman's in. Bowman's in. <laughs> and Eric, you know what? Let's go with Eric Jones' garage pick. Stanhouse. Oh, well, Kyle. You tried. Stan no. Stan Let's go with Stanhouse. So what I we're going to do is. I don't do technology. You're not really good at technology, apparently. You know what? Right, I'm going gonna, gonna to work on the, on the pick. Go ahead and tell me, race winners. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> With technology, go ahead and tell me. Who's your race winner? You go first. Well, Todd. considering I got Kyle Busch in the garage and as my first pick, I'm going Kyle Busch. <laughs> that's, a good, that's good, Parker. <laughs> You're heavy on Kyle Busch. All right, I'm going to say this weekend we get maybe a first-time winner, and I'm going to go with the 88. All right. Bowman. Here we go. Thank you for watching the Motorsports Hour. Hey, I'm the reason we're back here in Connecticut because NHL Live is just down the hall. Well, they would be if they weren't live in Boston, and that's where we're, they are. We're taking you right now. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. 
Let the Home Depot help power dads doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.